This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. All right, welcome back, folks. We bring in my great friend, by the way, star of the TV show, John Carney, Breitbart News, Economics and Finance, co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. John, I don't want to burden you, but I was kind of getting all overheated. I mean, look, uh, Bernie Sanders, uh, I, I haven't liked Bernie Sanders. I don't, I totally disagree. He's a socialist. I'm a free market capitalist, but I respect his point of view. He's always been this way. I used to interview him in the old CNBC show, uh, where you were in that news, <laughs> newsroom for a while. Yep. <laughs> but, um, the thing that I don't like is when he calls it, we inherited an economy in ruins, the worst since the Great Depression. Joe Biden makes the same point. And all I was saying uh, in the in the uh, segment before this is when you actually look at the numbers, Trump's V-shaped recovery, Trump gave them a 6.5% growth rate with barely more than 1% inflation. And the unemployment rate from the peak of the COVID crisis was 14.7. Trump brought it in the Trump days. It came down to 6. So – we, we were doing better than everybody else as well. If you look across Europe, into Japan, into South Korea, all of the peer economies of the United States were doing far worse mm. than we were doing. The idea that they inherited the economy in ruins is actually one of the things that caused our current inflation problem. They were they had talked about how Trump had ruined the economy all through the campaign. They came in with this mindset of the economy is in ruins when we were, in fact, as you said, the V-shaped recovery was well underway. And then they poured trillions of dollars of more spending and the Fed kept things too loose. And that's how we got here today. So this insistence that the economy was in ruins was a delusion back when they had it in 2021. And the fact that they keep saying it means they still haven't learned the lesson that got us into the mess we're in today. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They created a lie. They built on the lie. And that's where the inflation came from. Um, the Federal Reserve, as you noted, is also guilty of the same. I don't, you know, it's funny. Um, I want to talk to you about the job report and stuff, but I've never understood it. I mean, you know, guys on the NEC or the CEA or over in the Treasury Department, uh, advising the president on the economy. I mean, they just built this political lie, and they're still doing it. And I think, John Carney, because voters know it wasn't true and then realize the consequences have been very bad for the economy, inflation and so forth, uh, I think, you know, they totally lost confidence in in Biden and his party, and that's a kind of sub-theme in this election. You You can't what? fool people. Americans are not stupid. 100%. And when you insist on continuing to tell the lie, and I don't even think it's a lie anymore. I think they talked about Trump ruining the economy so much during the campaign that they came into it believing the economy was in ruins. Mm. So, in other words, it began as a lie, and then it became they, – they repeated it enough to themselves that they began to believe in it. But the American people haven't fallen for it. And, frankly, they're, the fact that they persist – the delusion is a reason that they need to be voted out of power yeah. because 
they can't fix if you can't face reality, you can't fix what's wrong. And they and they can't face reality. They're still saying this this idea of like the economy was a road and it yeah. wasn't. And and they're 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 real smart people, Larry. Like you're saying, they're guys at the NEA. They must know better. They they can just look at the numbers and see that we weren't in ruins in you know in the beginning of 2020. They know that's not true. It's an odd story, but you're right. Uh, if you don't own it, you can't fix it. And people look at them not owning it and saying, you can't fix it. We're going to try another option. I mean, that's a big theme. John Carney, um, are, and this jobs report that came out yesterday, are there cracks now beginning in the labor market? Uh, unemployment snuck up uh, two-tenths to 3.7. Non-farm payrolls, 261, which is a good number. But um, we were going at four or five hundred thousand, so it looks like it is slowing. Uh, the household survey um, actually fell three hundred twenty-eight thousand. John, what do you? I've been reading your stuff on Breitbart. What, what do you? How do you read this thing? So I think it's a little disturbing that the jobs numbers. I want people to get jobs, but the American people have jobs. Unemployment is very low, whether it's three point five or three point seven. That is, you know epically low unemployment number. The When we're putting on, economists were expecting around 200,000. We keep undershooting on the estimates because we keep underestimating how much, how strong the labor market is. The Fed is absolutely convinced that the only real path to lower inflation is through softening the labor market. And we're not seeing enough of that. In fact, a very disturbing thing from this report was the fall in the labor force participation rate. Mm-hmm. You would think wage, you know, nominal wages are going up. And I think actually in this report, we'll find once CPI comes out that we, we actually got a little bit of real wage gain here as well. It depends where CPI comes, but we'll get a little bit of real wage gain. Unemployment is very low. You, we should be drawing people into the labor force and instead we're losing them. That is a recipe, for, frankly, for a tighter labor market and more inflation. And that makes me uncomfortable. And I don't think we have a very clear idea exactly why this continues to happen. And this is a, the second monthly contraction, I believe, in the labor force participation rate. And that's not what the Fed wants to see. In fact, the, the, the easiest way, right, without causing lots of unemployment or causing lots of people to lose their jobs, to loosen the labor market is to bring pe- more people into it. Right. If we got people off the sidelines, if we increase the labor force participation rate, then we could have we could loosen things up without causing a lot of pain. As long as we're shrinking the labor force participation rate, it really is going to require pain to bring down the inflation rate. And, and you know, we don't want that. We how don't about, want Americans to feel pain. How about how about we how about we stop paying folks not to work? That would be a good start as well. I mean, you got and, all these welfare programs, uh Look, this is a generous country, and when people are in a pinch, we need to help them. But we don't need to help them forever. There have to be incentives to go out and find a job. I mean, I don't know what the right numbers are. I'm going to talk to Casey Mulligan at at Chicago University who's been working on this with my pal Steve Moore. But, you know, once again, uh, they're talking about the Democrats have a child tax credit add-on, which would cost $1.4 trillion uh but no work requirements, John Carney. Here, here we go again. So the allowances for the kids, but the allowances for the parents. 
I mean, I, I don't know what the solution is to this gap uh, between jobs that are open and jobs that are unfilled, but that has to be part of it someplace. It does, and the, the solutions here, we, we really do have to look at what it is that's discouraging people from working. And I frankly, the Biden administration is intellectually unequipped to undertake this analysis mm. because they they want to increase the amount of money that they're giving away to people. You know, things like the, you know, we had the rent moratorium, that's over, but that now they're doing the student loan forgiveness. Again, another disincentive for people to need to work. Yeah. I think we need to look at what's, look, I can understand, there are a lot of good reasons why people might not work. One is just, you know, we have an aging population and some people are deciding to retire a little bit early. I, I understand that. You know, we went through a very traumatic period and I didn't. people might say, you know what? I, I didn't, John. Yeah, that, thank, thank God you have not, Larry. I don't know what we do. You're not allowed to ever retire. I, mean, I won't retire. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Please go on. Oh, no. I'm, yeah, but, you know, I, I understand. Some people, you know, say, okay, I'd like to spend more time with my grandkids. But let's figure out what's going on and and then and figure out what policies we need to do to address that. We what a terrible a terrible thing that's happening is as long as inflation continues at this kind of level, I actually think it's starting to create a disincentive to work mm. because it creates a disincentive to save. Right? You're you're like, oh, I put money in the bank, but it's worth ten percent less after a year. You know, why why should I get that job? Why should I try to save? Why should I think about the future? When the future is just me getting poorer and poorer, I don't think that's true. I don't think this is going to last forever. I don't think we're going to continue to see our money deteriorate the way we have mm. recently. But you can understand how that creates a disincentive to work when people say there's no point in saving any money. John, last uh, minute, minute and a half, what's your Fed read? Uh, Jay Powell's a little bit confusing at his news conference, but – at the end of the day, it looks like they're going to keep tightening. I think they do keep tightening. The question is whether they do 50 or 75 at the next meeting. I think this jobs report from Friday leans towards 75, but we have a whole month's, of, a month's worth of data before we get there. So we don't know. I think their bias is towards 50. But if we keep, you know, if CPI next week comes out hotter than expected, then maybe it's 75. But I think we have people right now think it's going to be 50 and then 25 and then maybe zero. I think that's wrong. I think we're going to get 50, 50, 50. I think it's 50 on down the line until we start to see some real softness in the labor market. That's what they're focused on. Mm. Powell made that very clear during the press conference that he's looking at the labor market to provide some hint that we're going to get some relief from inflation. What a great story. Uh, the nation's central bank w- w- desperately wants higher unemployment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, kind what a of, world. What kind of a goofy we should, we should be cutting taxes and regulations, take the handcuffs off oil and gas. Anyway, all these mistakes. Um, the Fed funds rate, so it's the top uh, level is 4%. And that's, you know, John Carney, just, we're losing time, but it's, it's going to go to the Fed funds rate is going to wind up at 6% for it, for its peaks. You mark my Absolutely. words. And if I'm wrong, it'll be 7 because the inflation is so <laughs> sticky. And the wages are sticky, right? I mean, there's no way around right. it. Wall Street's the kidding risk itself. The all to the upside. We're yeah. not, it, it's not going to, right now people are thinking it's going to be four, four and a half, five, five yeah. and a half. It's not going to be five and a half. It's going to be six, 
maybe seven, yeah. maybe higher. All right, folks. John Carney at Breitbart, the best of the best. We're going to take a quick break, folks. Uh, I'm Larry Kudlow, and then we're going to talk some politics after that. You know, a lot of these newbie Senate candidates sponsored by Donald Trump have done very well in this race. So we're going to talk about that uh, with Dave Bossie of Citizens United. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back. 